0: And again, Monday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hope everybody had a great weekend as we get geared up for another week, another hot week here in Nashville. Yeah. It's looking like every day could be like a record-setting day. Of course, I think they said a cold front is coming in. At some point, we will dip down below 90, so a cold front may be coming to give us a little relief for it. Highs will only be 88 and 89. Will that be about before or after Halloween? <laughs> we don't know. Well,
1: October is what? Tuesday? <laughs> or tomorrow. Yeah, Tuesday. That's that's right. <laughs> How you doing? No. 30 days has September.
0: Yeah, so tomorrow's October? Yes. Yeah.
1: Which is Tuesday. Yeah.
0: We're going in October. Ninety What, 97 today? Hello. Yeah.
1: See, I've been used to this kind of heat the last few days, but I could you know, walk out in a big body of water and cool off.
0: Yeah. Well, you want it when you go to the beach. Exactly. You kind of yeah. want it to be hot. Exactly. That's that's what you're looking for when you're at the beach. Good to be back, though. Good to have you back. Darren McFarlane, that's me. Willie Donick? Hello. That's him. Chase McFarlane, Nashville. What's up? He's back. Max hers behind the glass. Hi, Max. Morning, guys. Chase, I missed you. Aw. How about Miss you that, how about that group hug, group everybody. Hug. Well, how was everybody's weekend? What did we make of the weekend? Other than the obvious, what we just stated, it was hot. Uh, I
2: spent a long time yesterday at outside yeah. um, in three different places, but so I was at a little youth baseball. Fourteen-year-olds, my son's team played five games in the heat at Eagleville High School, way way out there. But it was that's, rough. It's down past way past me, but. Then I went to Preds Fest yesterday. I was there from pretty much start to finish. I was so impressed with the the Predators fans. I couldn't believe how, how many did people you get five went baseball out there.
0: games in and make
2: Preds Fest. I didn't go to all five. I went oh, to the okay. first, I went I two, two on
0: Saturday and one on. Boy, that Sunday. is incredible scheduling.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> but um, I got to Preds Fest. I'm thinking everybody's going to be inside, right? Why wouldn't you just yeah just go? Because you you had the ability to go inside. Right. But there were tons of people outside listening to the bands and getting autographs and meeting and greeting at the various food trucks and stuff. It was it was awesome. It's cool I was, to see I was, all the alums first, there. A lot of alums there. Marty Erat. Marty Erat coming back. Thomas Vokun, Cliff Ronning. Is it Erat or Erat? It's always going to be Erat for me, even though <laughs> for one game it was Erat. <laughs> <laughs> one game. That's a, it lasted for one game. Another in the file of pronunciations guys coming over what do you do Mm -hmm. do you americanize do you not americanize all of these
1: that that was just good to see when i when i found out he was going to be there it i was really really happy to hear that because you know it he he asked to be traded and we know the the whole deal with the the forsberg trade and so it was good to see him come back and now he he starts the next chapter of his career because he just officially retired right i mean uh, maybe a year or so ago he hadn't been retired that long didn't he play in the khl for a year or something so good to see marty back in in smashville
2: we had a uh you know like this darren a skills competition skills he was not it was a bunch of guys from the local how can men's you have leagues? a
0: skills competition without skills that's a good question
2: you know i would have loved to have seen skills go through the the drills they had fastest skater and hardest shot and all it had all that stuff it was hysterical the guys from the local men's league some were really good and others were just pluggers you know that just love to
0: play all ages it was it was it was great people were actually watching yeah uh they unveiled their winter classic logo
2: yeah, the shoulder logo. The shoulder it's shoulder not the, logo. Not yeah. the just a, But it's, it's the, the first time gonna, they've
0: yeah. but it's it's the first time they've done anything like that in in what? About 7, 8 years? I think so, yeah. Uh, like 2010 or 11? Something like well, that. Well,
2: whatever year that the gold jersey became the prime jersey was
1: that 2012?
0: Yeah. Maybe Yeah, yeah 12.
1: Maybe uh, yeah, that seems right. When they played uh wasn't it when they played Phoenix? Played the Coyotes in the the second round and
3: yeah, that was yeah, that, that was, was the first 11,
1: year the eleven twelve season. That was, was the, the first, first year with the gold year with the gold. Rattle off came back and all that.
0: I asked you if Kyle Connor Connor would be because uh, we knew Line A had been signed on Friday's show. I asked you if Kyle Connor would be signed by the weekend and Rantanen would be signed by the weekend. I believe your answer was yes, and indeed that happened. Yep. Both in the mix, the
2: dominoes fell so everybody's signed now yep what's the deal with big buff he's in a different category that's he's a,
0: signed well i understand that but i mean he, like he's like seven in a different category. seven point six million i get that yeah. but where where is he
2: I what's think, his deal i
1: don't think
0: it's status unchanged wow fair to say yeah
2: but what does that's that mean such a
1: weird
0: deal what does that mean like there's season begins by the way the nhl kicks off regular season wednesday preds kick off their season thursday
2: I told you the analogy is a little bit of Andrew Luck. He's had he's had some concussions. He's had some ankle injuries, and I think his will to play is being tested, and I think that's what he's let them know. And they said, just
0: take your time. Hmm. So some of the things that we were kind of hoping would play out in the division didn't play out. <laughs> Maybe Connor. Yeah. Doesn't sign, isn't available, line A gets traded, Bufflin yeah. retires. Well, they, they Randon's have... a holdout, or you know, he's not signed, but all that stuff happened.
2: Now the question is how quick will those guys be ready to come in and ratchet up and be up to speed.
0: Yep. Now the other piece, roster news, uh there's still one more roster spot for the predators to figure out, but uh something that did happen over the weekend is uh Tenorti and Freddie Gaudreau. Put on waivers, passed through, sent to Milwaukee, and I believe a couple weeks ago when we were at Ford Ice, I was kind of bringing this up, like there's going to be some changes on this roster, and I think there is the first, the first mm-hmm. one, Daniel Carr is going to make this roster, and the other one, I think is to find is out... Daniel is Daniel
2: Carr going to make the roster?
0: Don't know yet. I think so. I I think That's I why think I've so. been bringing it up the whole time, because it was about him making this roster. Well, I, I think still got to make another cut. Well, I know, but... I, I also mean, I, believe I that there's right. another. I mean, uh, Santini and Irwin is what it comes down to. Man, well, they've kept eight defensemen in the past. I know. I don't believe they're going to, though. I just really don't. I, I haven't felt that way. Yeah, I, for most of the off season. I, if I you think look you're at right. Forwards, I agree with you, but they also
2: there's a, I, I'm wondering why they waited. They're still waiting. I wonder if there's a trade possible for one of these guys. I don't know, but it's got to be a rough feeling to know that you're sitting there going, did I have it made it? Have I not made it? Yeah. And and some of these guys, it's every year. The good thing is, I think, they didn't lose uh, Freddie Gaudreau. I was concerned that in waiving yeah. him, they would lose him to another team. So now, as they say, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. We'll see if he ends up being back in the in the plans at some point. Or... Is this, this is the beginning of him being passed over by other people right. in the organization that are that are better, like Pitlick and Tolvin and guys like that?
1: I mean, I I feel like the next cut is gonna be a defenseman. I, I think they're going away from carrying eight, they'll carry seven just because they they need the depth at forward. Mika Salamaki is somebody they really, really like. I don't see him going anywhere. Daniel Carr, I don't see him going anywhere. Um, we know Rocco has has earned his spot, so I just I feel like that it's gonna be a defenseman. I think it's definitely logical to say it's Santini or or, or Irwin, and um, well, it's not
0: know. logical. It's it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, if, it's if, one of those. If two. It's going to be. If it's going to be seven, it's going to be one or the other. Yeah. And so I have said all along, which is why I brought up that conversation. I felt like there were about two roster spots that were going to be different, and I still feel that way. I hate it, but I I have had a. Sneaky suspicion that Daniel Carr was going to make this roster that they really liked him. And, of course, you still have to go out there and you have to earn it. I wouldn't say he's been lights out, right? I mean, he's been good, but I I wouldn't say. I think there's more for him, right? I mean, we've had a nice conversation with him last week. We'll be out at Centennial tomorrow. But I think they – I said, remember, these are my words last week. I said, I think Daniel Carr is going to make this roster because they know – they believe that he is not going to pass through waivers, that he'll get claimed, and they don't want to take that chance. And I still, I still feel like that played a factor in this. And the other one is I just have a feeling because he was in that P.K. Subban trade, I just feel like Santini is going to make it. I do. And so well, when I was bringing this stuff up, that's kind of how I, I envisioned it kind of playing out. I even thought maybe it depended on how it played out in preseason in camp could be even three three people that we were yeah. seeing on the roster before i said but likely two but there's going to be some new f- i just felt like it was not going to be just matt dushane and that's it i just i felt like somebody somebody's
1: plural was just, they were going to win spots well they were glowing about daniel carr when they signed him yeah you know i mean we were, of course were all caught up in the matt dushane news on that day but it was like oh by the way we also signed Daniel Carr, and I remember being at David Poyle's press conference, and he made it a point to keep bringing him up that he was somebody they really, really liked, and he felt like he had a good chance to make this roster and help, you know, help this team. And we've seen it in training camp that they like him, and I think, I think now it's okay. You signed him; you have to see what he's got, and that's what they're going to do. So uh, they're, you know, I think he makes it. And then to your point on the the Santini being a part of the trade and. You want to see what he has. I think there's some truth to that. But I also look at whoever the defenseman is that stays. That's your seventh guy. Because Yannick Weber, you go back to when he finally got back in the lineup after injury in the playoffs, he looked good. And and I think he's had a pretty good camp as well. So Yannick Weber healthy is somebody that can really make that third pairing better. I think they go with him and Hamus, But um, you know, I'm with you on, on those two, and, and Carr especially.
0: I, I think honestly – Jeremy Davies is the guy that has the bigger upside, right? They probably think he's a guy that's going to factor into this long term more than Santini. Is that fair to say? I think just right now he's just not ready, um, but I think overall they like him. They like him yeah, a lot. Very different type
2: of defenseman, yeah. but at the same time, I I agree. I think Davies has some of those. How should I say that? You know, the modern elements that you look for in a in a defenseman that ability to move the puck, that vision. Mobility. You know, he's not big and strong. You know, Santini's more of that rugged, big, strong guy. Um, but yes, he's further along in the development. So I, I think you guys are right on it. We'll be watching the waiver wire today. There are some teams that are already down to the twenty-two. Um, but yeah, my gut feeling is they want to see what Carr can do. You know, he he has had more offensive production. I think the question is going to be, and. There's going to be two extra forwards, right, if they keep Carr and they keep Salamaki. At the beginning, before guys start showing the wear and tear, you know, a couple of these guys might not play for for a couple weeks, right? Knock on wood. I mean, you hope that you don't have to shake the lineup up a whole lot. But can Carr help you offensively and do the steady defensive things you need if he's on the fourth line? Because he's going to play it. That's really where he's going to fit, right? He's going to be a, a fourth liner. So what do you want from your fourth line? That ends up being a question you ask when you put together your lines for a a night. Mika Salamaki is a guy that is probably not going to score a goal for you. But nothing bad is going to happen when he's on the ice. He can go out against top players and be really steady. He can kill penalties. He can do a lot of things to help you win. It's just not going to be scoring.
0: All right, we'll come back. We'll switch gears. Quite a day. For the Titans down in Atlanta against the Falcons. And you do wonder. Not that anybody cares here, but like how hot is the seat for Dan Quinn? Yikes, that team has got lots of talent, and they just they don't look like it's there. And boy, what an atmosphere it was at that beautiful stadium. What a home crowd they had. We'll talk to Teron Davenport next. He was down there. That was a little bit of sarcasm thrown in there. He is the NFL Nation reporter for the Titans and of course uh talking with T D. Right here on ESPN 102.5, the game. We talk to him next.
2: Derrick Henry on formation,
0: you fake to him over the middle. It is caught. That's the rookie AJ Brown. He's still going. Brown showing the wheels to the ten to the five,
2: and he's in for the touchdown. An electrifying
0: catch and run, 55 yards to get Tennessee in front. They were playing in Atlanta, right? That sounded like people cheering for AJ Brown running to the house. That was that was not here, right? That was not a home game.
1: Uh, that is correct. Okay, was a road game. I just
0: was making sure that was a road game. Listen In to a that shiny highlight. new stadium, beautiful stadium. Let's talk. A lot with of TD. red. I saw a lot of red. Well, there were red seats. What, what color are the seats? Yeah, red yeah. seats. Troy Davenport is on the line with us. TD, what's up?
3: Hey, what's going on?
0: How electric was electric was that atmosphere?
3: Listen, I got to tip my cap to the Titans fans. They came out. I saw them on Saturday. I saw them Sunday. You heard them Sunday. And uh, shout-out to the Titans fans. Man, you guys did a great job of coming out and supporting your team, and they treated you to a thrilling victory. Yeah, how
0: about those Falcons fans? Hello? (laughs) Anyone here, 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 (laughs) here? There seemed to be an echo when you asked for the Falcons fans to stand up.
3: Uh, yeah, then towards the end, after uh, Kenny McCarl looped in and he and Jarrell Casey got that uh, that fourth down stop, next thing you know, they started leaving. So it was an evacuation situation, but <laughs> no emergency.
0: <laughs> uh, they have been desperately seeking an A.J. Brown type receiver for a good while. I mean, quite honestly. Yeah. I-, I know it's still very early on and I don't want to get too excited because we've been burned by that before getting really excited about a guy at the beginning of his career and then we have to harken back on remember that game you know and we don't want to do that we want to be talking about AJ Brown in this light all the time so with that being right. said i mean he's had two really nice road games right where he has really shined the cleveland game and now this one what 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 do you see through four games from the r- rookie receiver
3: I'm going to start with this, and this is something that I said on talking with TD leading up to the draft period. I said A.J. Brown was the best yak receiver in this draft class, and you're seeing it. The two 50-plus yard receptions that he had, one for the touchdown that you saw yesterday, that dude has yak ability. Man, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's tough to tackle. And, uh, I mean, like I told him after the game, man, he, he had his get-somewhere shoes on, and he was able to outrun the, the, the coverage, and, and nobody could could catch him. And that's that's what you see from him. But then you also see confidence and strength at the catching point, whereas on that touchdown he had yesterday, he ran through the catch. You don't run through that catch and accelerate through it on a perfect pass for Mariota unless you are very, very secure in your ability to catch the football. And that's what he is. And he really showed it, man. It's it's impressive. I love just his attitude and, and even just the way he approaches things. Um, again, I had him on talking with TD. I had a feeling the Titans were going to get him. So I asked him about developing a relationship with the quarterback. And he said, it's just like developing a relationship with your old lady. So yesterday after the game, I asked him if he and Marcus are in the engagement phase. And he laughed and he said, yes, sir.
0: You know, speaking of Marcus, I am thoroughly convinced he's just like my golf game. And that's... Not that much of a compliment, unfortunately. (laughs) He's not that bad. Well, your golf game is way worse. I have days where it looked like yesterday. Whatever. No, I do. Don't tell me whatever. When's the last time you played golf with me? I've never seen that. The problem is the follow-up, Willie. It's I can come off a golf a round of golf and be like, "Holy crap, man! I've gotten really good. Really. Like, how did this happen? Like, I was really good today, and then the very next time I go out there, I'm like, "Holy crap." I'm awful. I hate this game. Why do I play it? I am very much a roller coaster ride. And I look, it's not always gonna. It, it's it's not gonna. I know we all could sit here and be like, why doesn't he do this every week? If he, if he could, he would, right? I mean, so this is the roller coaster ride we've been on now in year five, and and this is what everybody wishes it could look like every week. But gosh, if he could just be somewhere in between, right? Somewhere in between the bad, and this, if he could do just somewhere in between consistently for an entire season, I think it would look way better. I think this is the part that is frustrating for Titans fans because when you see a game like this, and we've seen them before, it's not like this is the first time Mariota has looked really, really good. I mean, uh, that first half, Teron, dare I say it, may be the best half we've ever seen in his career here. I mean, he was that good.
3: And that's the thing. He just can't stay consistent. And that's what's so maddening. You know, as as a fan, I'm sure it is, as as someone who's analyzing and reporting on his play. And for me, it is. It just, he he needs to be more consistent. But you're right. That first half, that dude was on schedule, right? He he hit, look at the Corey Davis touchdown that he threw. I actually wrote about it. It's coming out soon on ESPN.com. But he hit that third that third step in his drop, and that ball was out. And it was on the money. Deep out, breaking route, allow Corey Davis to catch it, gather himself, and, and score. And that's just as much Marcus Mariota as it was Corey Davis. And uh, those are the type of things that he does, man. The the, the teardrop to A.J. Brown on a fade. You know, and again, we talked about how he led A.J. Brown for the long touchdown, and that's, that's what you want to see from Mariota and even just maneuvering within the pocket, I mean, he did an excellent job. He was very decisive. And I know Arthur Smith has been questioned, but i tell you what, you have to tip your cap to him as well because he dialed up plays that forced Marcus to be a more decisive quarterback. It kept him from getting sacked. And, of course, you give the offensive line credit as well. But, overall, I think that offense was humming. And that's what you want to see from Marcus, just a rhythm and, like I said, being on schedule.
0: But if I could be a little bit of a Debbie Downer, there are two halves in a, in a football game, right? There's a first half and a second half. Where was that first half in the second half? I, I but thought, What was
2: really wrong with the second I, half?
0: I, I thought they played not to lose, and I don't but think you can, you, you can the in lead. the NFL. No, 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 no. No, you don't do that. You don't take your foot off the gas in the NFL. What are you talking about? We see comebacks all the time. You don't take your foot off the gas. I felt like the second half they were playing not to lose rather than they were dominating the game. Then just keep dominating the game. I, I disagree, but uh, let's hear what Teron has to say.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm going to agree. You, you have to keep your your pedal uh, on to the metal. You know what I mean? Because anytime a team has Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and Ridley and Cooper, I mean that's that's an outstanding group of guys but, with Freeman as well. So you need to score as many points as possible. But it seemed like they made some adjustments, right? That song zone that they were using and mixing in different looks from five two to three, four, to, to everything else, uh, to, to South package, you know, Nickel, it, it wasn't there as much as it was in the first half. So, I mean, yeah, I think Marcus's second half performance was a little bit worse, but uh, I think you have to credit Dan Quinn, you know, on the defense for making the adjustments because in the beginning, you know, that's all zone. Uh, you look at Corey Davis on the third and 15 where he just ran a simple, basic seam route and caught the ball and got upfield for the first down. They just were. There were two loops, so it looked like they they kind of tightened. Uh, I almost said it tightened up. Looked like they kind of you know put the reins on, on the uh, receivers in, in the second half.
2: They had the ball four times in the second half, four possessions. They they punted once uh, on the first one. They had a second drive that they had a penalty that kind of killed the drive. Then they had a seven play drive where they they should have they should not have gone for on fourth and 1 they should have nope. had points on that so that that should have put yeah. the game away then they their last position they had an 11 play drive where where they ran the ball I thought that was a classic Eddie George type of play in the scoreboard you have the lead grind run the clock don't turn the ball over make a big mistake it's hard to dominate this is not an offense that's going to roll up 45 to 50 points so I, I don't know what your
0: expectation level was. Based expectations on the expectations were to, to keep your foot on the gas, and it didn't right. look like they had their foot on the gas. Well, it looked
3: but like they are playing you not know, to lose. I think
2: you're getting kind of picky about this offense. This offense their, is not. Their
3: version Their version of putting the foot on the gas was kind of running the ball late. Yes, I mean, they ran the ball, ball late. They James ran it Sherry's effectively. They ran it effectively.
0: They were effective.
3: Well, the, the last two, so ask two about out about of that the third drive.
0: Ask about the third drive. It's just the third drive they should have scored. They, right. They, I, I just I continue to I don't understand. I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't understand what is it going to take for him to take his player hat off and put a coach hat on. But now we're in a different category. Now you're, you're
2: talking about playing not to lose. or so You're talking about going into a shell, keep your foot on the gas. But the last two of the four drives they had were very effective drives. They had the ball four times. Two of them were good, should have come away with points and won. The second one was a classic four-minute drill, grind the clock out with the scoreboards. I, I did not have a problem with, with in the second half, unless you're a total perfectionist and you think every single possession should result in what it looked like in the first half. That's just not how the league see, works.
1: I wanted to see more points. I, I think you were in a position... They should have had three more points. They they should have had at least three more points, but you got to move the ball downfield and, and score. And you know, take take any will away from Atlanta that was left. And I just, I don't think they did that.
3: I think, I really think they did up until that fourth and one, you know, where they didn't convert. And that's when you saw the Falcons starting to get light. And even being in the stadium, that's when you start to feel a little bit of energy from the few Falcons fans that were in there. But I think in the second half, you know, up until that point, I think they did the job. And then that defense turned around and, and shut it down. You know, um, and, and did their thing. So it, it's yeah. I mean, you like to see thirty to forty points, but that's like like Willie said. That's not what this this team is. That's not what this offense does.
0: Now wait a minute. What side are you on? You've been you've you've made a case for both sides. Whose side are you on?
3: Hey man, I'm I'm a politician. Nah, right, good. <laughs> are you <laughs> running for office? <laughs> nah, i I'm just you, you know just just. Speaking what I feel was was right, uh, you know, I, I think they, they did a good job. But, again, like, like I said, you want to see more points, but you have to understand what you're working with. And uh, it's just, That's not the team that's going to roll up a lot of points. So you could want it, but it's not likely to happen.
0: He's running for the 8th District. He's Ron Davenport. He needs your vote. He wants your vote. Vote for him. No, more with TD on the other side as we talk about the big win down in Atlanta against the Falcons here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. We are talking with TD, Teron Davenport,
2: ESPN 1025, the game, Darren Donick and Chase, Teron Davenport with ESPN. So, Teron, here's here's a big stat from the game. I thought this was interesting in how the Titans try to win. The the term that Mike Vrabel is using a lot, the complimentary football. How about this? The average drive start. Titans average starting on the 33-yard line. Decent field position. Average drive start for the Falcons. Their own 16. They started in the second half on the 25, the 5, the 10, the 12, and the 2. So the special teams, that's a – so say what you will about the offense, but they grinded out the clock some. They put the, the Falcons in a position where they had to drive the entire field, and the defense made the plays when they had to. That's that's a winning formula if they, if they can replicate it.
3: <laughs> Without a doubt, and that's actually what my article that's posting – is exactly about and you know, Brett Current, he pinned the, the Falcons back within the 20, you know, inside the 25 times, you know, and like you mentioned, inside the 10 twice. That dude is a tremendous punter and he's a huge part of that team, especially what the defense is able to do. So you got to tip your cap to him also. And uh, special teams, you know, it's, it's, it's one third of the phase and. They were outstanding in all three. So that's the winning formula, right? And then you also have to factor in zero turnovers while they were able to gain a turnover as well. It's how
2: they wanted to try to beat the Jaguars, but when they fell into the hole that they did, that made it very tough to, to do that. So, Teron, let me let me throw that. Uh, look, one of the big issues with the Jags, maybe the biggest, was the offensive line. How did you think that Nate Davis did? It, it looked like he held his own, of course. This was a different front, different defense he was playing against, but I thought that was a step forward for the team.
3: Without a doubt, man. And Nate Davis, he showed what a lot of us that, that watched him you know, throughout the draft process thought. It's just for his raw talent. Now, there are some things that still have to be dialed in, but you could say that for any rookie. But when you look at just his ability to, to sink and just drop his anchor and, and, and just kind of like serve as a doorstop, and not let a guy go any further, man. He did that really well. He played 40 snaps, which is impressive for a guy who, you know, hadn't played that much since, but the senior bowl, as Coach Brable said, or you could even go further back into December, you know, in their last game. I, I Davis, I think, should be the guard going forward, and he should be the starter, but, you know, at the same time, Jamil Douglas did a did a good job when, when he was there because, we didn't say either one of their names except for when they were rotating in and out. So that's that's a, a good start. I thought
2: on the on the category of game planning, the chess match, what's our game plan? What's your game plan? What matchups are we trying to exploit? I thought the Titans won on both sides of the ball. I thought that was it was an excellent game plan by Dean Pease to try to make it very tough for Julio Jones to have a big game. They they sort of gave up. Some catches to the tight end Hooper, but I thought in sort of the bend but don't break, but don't let Jones beat you, take away the running game. They did so many of the check marks that, that I think they wanted to check going into the game, and I thought offensively they had sort of the same thing. They got ahead with some really good looks that that they they got their wide outs, they spread the ball around the and then they and then they ran to close the door. I thought I thought that was exactly what they were looking for. So I thought the chess match went to the Titans in this one.
3: Yeah, especially on defense, it was a total team effort, and they they did a really good job against the run as well. Um, Julio, typically he's gonna get his, but they were physical with him, and they uh, you know managed to, to match up with him well. And only, I only think he only had 52 yards or something like that. So it turned out the uh, the number 11, you know that everybody expected to, to shine, didn't. But the number 11 that no one talked about did. I thought it was cool that they swapped jerseys, but yeah, I mean, both both sides of the ball—they they did an outstanding job—and uh, give credit to Arthur Smith, Mike Grable, and and DPs and that whole staff. Uh, they did a tremendous job yesterday.
2: I thought Ro- Rashawn Evans was a force yesterday. That when you're you're talking about a first round pick that you want to see have a big impact on the game, I thought he did that yesterday in a lot of different ways.
3: Yeah, Rashawn Evans—the thing that I really uh, like about him is his sideline-to-sideline side pursuit. And there were some times where, you know, he tracked down the ball carrier. He, he's a force, you know, so you got to give him credit too. And that's the thing about this defense. They, they've they made it to where they're pretty strong in all three phases. And, uh, you know, when you look at the, the the first level of the defense, right, and then the second level, and the third level, the secondary, everything is legit. And they have some, some serious playmakers on all levels. Of that uh, that
1: defense, Teron Davenport is here with us, of course, talking with TD, chasing TD, and ESPN Titans NFL Nation reporter. And uh, sticking with the defense, Teron, because you and I have had several conversations about Adoree Jackson. I thought he had a pretty good game yesterday. He, there was there was a couple of big breakups that he had. It seems like he was he was comfortable. What did you make of Adoree?
3: Yeah, he was comfortable, but. I saw in the Dory Jackson that had a little bit of an edge. You look at that early pass breakup he had against Calvin Ridley, and he made sure Ridley knew about it. And uh, that was a good thing to see from a guy who typically has a more relaxed and reserved approach, almost robotic-like approach to things. And uh, he showed some emotion yesterday, so maybe there's a fire that's lit underneath him after the mistakes that happened in the first three games. Now – maybe there's something that he could build on and start to show why he was selected in the first round.
1: Now, we all remember last year, you know, they signed Malcolm Butler, pay him a lot of money, and the first half of the season, uh, it was rough for him, and he, you know, admitted this off season that just learning the Dean P's defense took some time. Now, we saw, you know, the second half of the season last year, he looked good. He's had a good start to the season. I was watching him yesterday, and I know he had a couple of mistakes, but he was all over the field, and you uh, you saw Malcolm Butler quite a bit.
3: Yeah, and he's another one. He, you know, he's kind of the opposite of a dory, whereas he plays with so much emotion and fire every single week. And uh, maybe that's rubbing off on a dory. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the one time D.P. set him on the, on the blitz, and there was a turnover on down, so he went and uh, got the sack. And uh, I think Butler is a guy that has just settled in and, needs to become a a legit part of that secondary, and uh, it's why I put that secondary against a lot of secondaries, because of the pieces that they have, like Butler, and we didn't touch on the safeties, and you know Logan Ryan is one of the top nickel guys, so they're in really good shape.
1: Do you feel like this defense as a whole is starting to really get into their stride where they can cover for some of the, the you know, some of the, the offense's mistakes and lack of production by them? Are they starting to get to that point where, okay, you know the defense is going to go win some games?
3: I think they're at that point. Uh, I'll say at the very least, they're at the point where for the most part, the Titans are always going to be in games because of that defense. They're going to keep it close. Giving up only 10 points to, to that Falcons offense, that's That's something to be proud of. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you had the the one drive that answered A.J. Brown's touchdown. But I think as long as they can continue to get pressure and impact the quarterback and get turnovers, that's the difference, in my opinion, from last year to this year. They're getting teams to force the ball, uh, to turn the ball over. And and that's something that's a, a, a really good thing, and that will always help the offense.
1: I want to go back to something that you guys were talking about earlier with the receivers, and Corey Davis is emerging, You know, had a good game. A.J. Brown, of course, emerging. But you know, those were his top two targets yesterday, and through the first four games, the ball has been spread around a little bit, but I haven't seen as much of Delaney Walker. Do you think that this offense is, is shifting away from going to the tight end as much, or is it still just kind of a week-to-week thing in whatever targets are available?
3: Well uh- – Delaney didn't play as much, uh, yesterday. And then also, it's just one of those things where I think it's going to be week to week. There are going to be days where Delaney is going to be the, the lead receiver and be that guy. But this week it wasn't. I just think more consistently, it looks like it's going to be AJ Brown and Corey Davis. And, uh, after seeing yesterday, I mean, they made a concerted effort to get Davis the football. So, I think in doing that, that may have caused some targets, along with just the fact that, like I said, Delaney wasn't, uh, you know, on the field as much as he normally is. So that definitely had a factor.
0: All right, good stuff. Now we're going to see how they respond against the Bills. First team to double digits wins? First team to 10? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, seriously I what's the over going- under chase what is it Do you, I, it's got to be low it's got to be what 30 low th- i'm gonna say 30 uh i'm gonna say 36 34 to 38 36 and a half. 38 and a half. that's actually higher than okay i would take the under i'll take the under on that
3: yeah i, I would take that too i i it may be first team to 10 points wins i uh, will we'll see what happens uh both defenses are really good but I think the one thing that Titans have in their favor is that Josh Allen, he showed his true colors yesterday, and he's a guy that, that will turn that football over, so that could be a big-time factor for them. Is he even going to play? Car- car- what's that?
0: Said, is he even going to play? We don't
3: even know. Oh, hey, listen, if he does play, then that's the situation. Uh, of course, we don't know at this point, but I would think they would try to get him out here, but. We'll we'll see what
0: happens. I think their backup is Doug Flutie, so they may have to prepare for both. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Johnson. There's another good one. Uh, Teron, good stuff. Appreciate it as always. I know Mike Vrabel will talk at 1230 this afternoon. We will carry that as well. We will let everybody listen to that. Uh, You have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon
3: thanks will do and hey man the polar bear 53 home runs He set the rookie record i had to get my match gig uh, in there you go. had
0: to squeeze that in there did not you <laughs>
2: 86 you and 76 after being 11 games hey, under 500 he was awesome is it a, the polar
1: bear is a player
0: no
2: 53 doubt about it hey, bombs.
1: when do you go, when's your next game oh April, wow. Or whatever
0: wow okay. all right uh, that was chase <laughs> you can send all those messages <laughs> to chase go braves Teron, thanks for doing this. We'll be listening on Friday night.
1: All right, for sure. Yeah,
3: for real Fridays this week. For real That's Fridays. Right.
0: I like that. Teron Davenport with ESPN.com, NFL Nation reporter for the Titans, talking with TD and Chase Friday night 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Back to wrap up the first hour next. Ryan, Ryan. You know what? I'm going to put myself on this boat. But for some reason, other than Coach Willie, we've all been a little mean-spirited today. We should be in a good mood. Chase throws daggers to your boy Pete and to Ron, to both of you. Yeah. Max is back there throwing daggers after a big win, and Mariota was fantastic. And In the first half. You know, I was. Put, you guys have got to get over. I the should have been half. a little bit. It's not a really. dagger. It's just up and down. Well, yeah, but that's, with Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am questioning the coach and questioning the second half when they dominated a Falcons team. So, other than Coach Willie with his whistle on, everything is beautiful. <laughs> oh, listen. They won. I haven't done that in a while. Come on, I was due for that.
1: Yeah, I've missed it's that. Been a I, you while. have not done that since I have been. I know been we've on the been.
0: Show. We've been, you know, Switzerland. We've been very neutral. No, no real daggers until today. Coming off a big a weekend at second annual Preds Fest, you had the Titans dominating the Falcons. Vandy wins. Uh, dominating, they, they get a win. Mm. Should be in good spirits. Instead, uh. we're throwing daggers around. Yeah, well, you guys throw the daggers.
2: I, I, you, do, I just, you do a I'm, good job I'm, of dodging. I'm really, them. <laughs> I'm really surprised that you guys feel that way about the second half. I, I just think that that's how you win.
0: I'm games. honestly surprised. Well, no, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be surprised that you're surprised, but I'm surprised that you feel that way. He, I mean, I think most people they would. Would feel like How they took their foot off the gas. Look, they didn't take their foot off the gas. Willie, they it is easy football. to sit here today in a victory. I get it. I get it. Anybody who's on what you're saying side, you could say, why? Why would you question my look? He's go. He's got to believe in his. He believes in his guys. He's going for. He's trying to. He's trying to put the dagger on him. He's trying to nail in the coffin. All those cliches, bull. You put the three points on, you make it a three-point, a three-possession game, and call it a day. What
2: you're changing the subject? Could, no, That's I'm coming back up. to it.
0: These things you should. A lot of people say, "Why are you questioning? Why are you talking about that today?" It's a win. They dominated the Falcons. I get it. And the same thing with the second half. They dominated. Them. Give it to, credit to the defense. But the reason I'm bringing up both of those scenarios, if this thing would have gotten hairy, or heaven forbid, they lose or it goes to overtime, would you still have the same stance? Or is it it easier today because everything worked out, and the defense saved their bacon? The scoreboard dictates what you do. When you have a 24-7 lead, you don't start flinging it
2: all over the place and stop the clock and risk turning the ball over. You try to run clock, you play field position, and you have a very good defense that was making stops. Now... If Atlanta comes down and scores a touchdown on the first drive of the second half, then your your game plan is going to change. But they gave the ball to Derrick Henry 18 times in the second half. That's mm-hmm. how you win. You run when you win. You're ahead. You use the bulldozer. How many games did you see? It's ironic. He had 27 carries for 100 yards. That's an Eddie George day yeah, yeah, right yeah. there.
0: That's I've That seen was circa best, 1999 yes, right I've there. I've
2: seen the best Titans teams. That's how they win games. Yep. You don't have to score forty-five. I didn't they say played that. winning football. Now I didn't I say they needed to score forty-five. I one hundred percent agree with you that that was a bad decision for a second straight it's horrific, week horrific. To go for it on fourth and one from the t- because if you go up twenty-seven ten, it's over. It's over. The way it's your defense It's in the fourth quarter. It's over. But that's completely different than saying they didn't keep their foot on the gas. I thought that they were in command of that game the whole time. Now they gave they gave ground. Right, Atlanta. They've got talented players. They gave ground up until they got into their territory, and then they closed down. They stopped them on down. They had two humongous fourth and one stops. The defense played very, very well. Sure. That's true. but now So off, the offense complements the defense, right? You have a great punter that pinned them down from the 10 or inside the 10 three times in the second half. That's how Brett, you win.
0: Brett Kern is ridiculous. He's
2: awesome. He's ridiculous. So you use that to win games. Now – if Matt Ryan makes a great play to Julio Jones and all of a sudden the score is let's say 24 to 13 or 24 to 17, then that that changes how you have to go about it offensively. But they never got close. So why not just keep giving because it to, to, Matt to Derrick Ryan, Henry?
0: Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Sanu, that offense should be scoring all. It should be scoring every. It's a prolific offense, right? They didn't. But they didn't? But that's what I'm saying. How can you ease up on an offense they that's didn't. capable of going crazy? This is not Buffalo's offense. You, this is not your best an way offense of we don't Look at Jacksonville. This it's like Tampa yesterday. They had to keep their foot on the gas. They gave up 40 and still won. The, I, I don't understand how. Oh, you, you. Everybody wants to talk about Derek
2: Henry. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. That was the opportunity. That's a game yesterday where that's what you do, and that's what they did. And he got the tough yards. If he busts one, his his numbers would have been off the chart. That was the one thing that was missing. Well, he was, didn't have three the 135-yard run or something well, like three,
0: that. Well,
2: 3.7 yeah. average. But he had five yards, six yards. He was moving the pile forward. That was a great game for him. He was not dancing around. Remember the whole thing yeah. that we were talking about last year? He's, yep. he's tiptoeing around. He doesn't – he was hitting the holes. He was taking the yards that were there, keeping the clock running. That's how you win. So I don't, I do not accept that they were taking the foot off the grass. I just, I, I'm done.
1: Well, the problem I have.
2: Why had, would you take chances throwing the ball down the field with a guy because that it was has been working in the first? It was we just right. said
0: it got you the lead. You, was that the best half you've ever seen Mariota play since it's he's right been here? There. Okay. It's right up wh- there. Okay, wh- why would you stop that if it's working and he's giving you the best half we've ever seen? So you just say, just hand the ball off. We've just seen the best half we've ever seen since you've been in Nashville. So let's run the ball and let's not even attempt passes in the second half.
1: Really? Do you know how you shut? That's people how you win up? football games. You know how you shut the haters up, the people like me that are saying, "Hey, a win's a win." You're a hater. There's questions about Marcus Mariota still. Yes, I mean, like I've been honest about it. That if I, you, if you question somebody, you're a hater. That's what Twitter will call you. Oh wow. Well. That, that's. Oh. So, my, my point is if you want to shut people up and, and you want to show that Marcus Mariota can be this guy, then why would you slow the Ferrari down? Let He's him go. He's not a Ferrari. But that's is, what you want is, him to be.
2: Wh- he is who he is. This is his fifth year. This is how you win games with this team. He is not a guy that's going to turn into Drew Brees. When I see every drive. This is not an offense
1: that's designed like that. When I see every drive in the second half end with a a Kern punt or a turnover on downs, that that concerns me. Yes, the defense did enough for them to win the game. I'm sorry they didn't the def-
2: dominate for, for 60 minutes. This but is, would this you team admit needs today's that. game they is different? They need a domination. Okay, we, no. we just
1: referenced 20 years
0: ago. Not this team. Not this the way this is team is built. Is the league different? Are the rules different? Is offense different today than you going back to circa Eddie George? Yes. Where you win games 13 to 10? Yes, but it still okay. works. Why in today's game would you think, hey, we're good. Everything is good. Did we ever come into this year?
2: Have you guys ever one time this year come into this season and saying this offense is going to be modern. It's going to be throw it 45 times, let's score 45 points. No, they're no, not designed to do that. But when it was working, they why have would you one stop? Of the best workhorse runners in the league
0: when you have the lead. You gave it to them 18 times in the second half. That's a winning formula. You just admitted it never got you close. You admitted that Mariota. You're agreeing with me. It may have been the best half we've ever seen. So you yes. then shut him down when he's having the best half of his career. Yes, to win the game, and uh, you- he is
2: not a. He did not all of a sudden become a brand new quarterback yesterday. He played Nobody's Actually, played. No, he did. he
0: did. He actually made passes and throws we've been waiting for, and he's, it's year five. He's had, he like was he's had games like that before. No, he has, but not – look, that was a half. I would have liked to have seen it the whole game. That's personally- why you don't
1: shut him down because he needed that confidence boost. That's why I'm with you, Darren. I, you, you don't, you he's don't think he's confidence He's making throws
0: we've all been waiting for his entire career. It was like, whoa. And he has had a couple of those games here and there. Yes, where we all come out on Monday like, okay there it is and then we all know what happens afterwards so I I'm just saying why would you when, when we're seeing the best we've ever seen possibly just take that away just put that away put it in the closet shut the door you do what the you second have to do half? to
2: win the game you're not trying to sit there and change I know your quarterback. it's
0: easy to say that today in a win and I get it. it and I can't counter that because they won and Atlanta didn't do anything they couldn't score but I'm telling you the theme would have been different today if this thing would have gotten hairy or went to overtime or, didn't. heaven forbid, they lost. Why,
2: why are we talking about things that if this had happened, it, they didn't happen?
0: Because it could happen down the road. Well, then they have to be Just
2: prepared like to keep moving the ball. Just like these decisions that we keep
0: talking about with Mike Vrabel. At what point is he going to take a, his player hat off and act like a coach? And it's, it's stuff, this is not cute anymore. It was cute early on. It's not cute. It's going to cost his team games it already has. I had no problem with
2: anything in the game plan except – the fourth and one going for it that was a bad decision it was an it, awful decision in that context absolutely awful that, decision
0: yes awful 100% agree he's 16 games in come on man kick the field goal and get on with it it's the fourth quarter stop right. it you, you don't uh, because a coach kicks a field goal in that spot doesn't mean you don't have faith in your offense you don't trust your guys like I said that's like a player's put mentality points on
1: the board Put points on the board.
0: That's a dagger call to me. You want a dagger, go send the kicker out there and put a dagger because right. that ends the day. Instead, you gave them life. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I 100%
2: agree with that. You, you're changing from your – you wanted to keep going for the circus offense and wing it around all over the place in the second that,
0: half. I, I would like to have seen a little bit more. I didn't say but they only had the ball. 45 they had times. Four, they, only four, they only
2: had four possessions. They only had the ball four times in the second half. And two of them, they had very positive drives. One of them was a seven-play drive where they worked it down and got the fourth and one on the 10-yard line instead of kicking the field goal, which they should have. They didn't. But that was a successful drive by the offense. And then the next time they got the ball, they had an 11-play drive to run the clock out. So they only had two drives that they didn't get anything. They still got the ball around to midfield where Brett Kern punted them inside the 20 and sometimes inside the 10. So I... I don't know what you guys were looking for. They only had the four possessions in the second half.
0: All right, we'll come back and kick off the second hour with your phone calls. A lot of you want to weigh in. We will do that on the other side. 737-1025. You're listening to Darren Donnick and Chase, ESPN 1025, The Game.